courtesy of Bow Sports.com, Stitcher.com, iTunes. You can subscribe to this lovely, sexy, wonderful podcast for free. Tune in media for your mobile devices, Google Play Podcast, and we are also on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that we so lovingly call Bow on Bulls. The show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. Dude, uh, What's up with you, Doug? And this is Saturday, you know. Uh, you know, feeling good because we have a Bulls team that's pretty good. So my highlight of the weekend is waiting to, what, the 8 o'clock start? 7 o'clock start? 7, 7. Yeah. 7? Yeah. Sometimes you want a 2 o'clock game. Man, it's 2 o'clock. I'm a quiet no, it ain't been on, like that I'm for a minute. We gonna, we gonna get yeah, back to right. that. We gonna get back to it, but it's, it ain't been like that for a minute. That, that used to be appointment viewing. You know what I mean? You remember that? That used to be appointment viewing, dog. Sunday, yeah, that's, why, that's why my brain, yeah, we're we the generation where our, we, our bodies are clocked, like something going on two at a time, right? Like, right. Something should be going on too. I feel you, but, but uh, you're right, man. You're right, though. Exciting team, uh, exciting time. Team looks like they're going to the playoffs. We'll get into it, man. We got a, definitely got a special guest with us on with us today it's a guest that i've personally been wanting i know dub has been wanting for a long time uh one of the cool things that about getting to do what i do is meeting people i really do admire and really do like for real look up to and these this guy's no different um he and his boy terrence i've had the pleasure of actually meeting and actually saying to their face exactly you know what i mean what they mean you know what I'm saying, to me and what it meant, you know what I'm saying, to um, actually meet them and be involved with them in this thing that we're doing with sports uh, broadcasting and podcasting and things like that. But these guys have been an inspiration for a very long time for me and Chris. Um, it's an honor to have them on the show with us. We're definitely going to get Terrence on. But today we got our guy. You can follow him on Twitter at Stay Humble. It's our guy, Gene McIntosh from The Bigs Media. What up, G? Yes, sir, brother. What's up, man? What's up, Chris? I appreciate you brothers having me, man. You know, I'm a, a DM or a text or a phone call away whenever, man. Word, man. I appreciate it, man. It's, it really it really do mean that, man, when, we, when, we, when I say those things. Because uh, you guys, and I've said this to you and Terrence, like, when I saw y'all first, when Chris and I first saw y'all doing your um, interview on ABC7, and I just remember looking, and, and I remember telling Chris, like, yo, bro, they, they look and sound like us. You know what I mean? That was the first thing I said. And I guess my question to you is, like, how important was that uh, for you and Terrence to not only just be a representation, you know, for Black people, but just be a representation for being yourself? Man, it was the most important aspect of it all, to be honest with you. Um, and like you said, man, the, the how, how we really got started is, is funny because... Um, so I was working in law. I was working in a, a law firm for about maybe 14 years. Mm-hmm. And man, I was on a, uh, I was on vacation in Puerto Rico, man. And I got a call from the HR department. Right. And I'm looking at the call like, well, shit, I know HR ain't calling to tell me I'm getting a raise. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> low, key, they, low key, they were calling to tell me that the, the firm had been outsourced and I had two months you know, to find out what I was going to do next. So I'm like, oh man, okay, cool. Now, mind you, the whole time I had been, you know, I had reached my, I had reached the ceiling there. I was uh, basically managing like a, 
a service department, like the purchases department with the supplies and all of that type of stuff. So I had reached my ceiling there. I was, I get a raise here and there, a bonus here and there, but as far as advancing the company, that was over with. So I was always looking for a way out. And the whole time while I was doing that, I was doing music. I don't know if you guys knew that before, but I was, uh, yeah, I had a, a, people call it a record label, but it was more of like a production company. It was, uh, that's where the name Stay Humble came from. It was Stay Humble mm. Entertainment. Mm. And I used to manage artists. So all the guys that are, you know, from King Louie to Rocky Fresh to Chance, Lil Vic, to Kanye and everybody, any 99% of Chicago artists that have popped or not popped, I either know them or did some type of business with them. Um, I had some artists, we had done some music with Epic Records. And just so I had a, I had a nice music background, but like I said, I was trying to find a way out of the law firm, just so happened they said we would be an outsource. I'm like, cool, now it's time for me to spread my wings, you know? So just so happened me and Terrence, uh, we met through mutual friends. He would be coming to the crib, you know, we'd be watching the games, just chopping it up, doing what we do, you know? So one particular night, man, he came through the crib and he was like, this is when he was the managing editor at the Chicago Defender. Mm. And uh, he was like, man, bro, I think you would be perfect for something that I think would pop. So we talked about it. He was like, man, it's just, it's, there's something missing in this, in this arena. Mm. And it's the black voice. And he was like, man, with your connections and, you know, you playing college sports and you being that, you know, that connection to everybody, man, I think you would be perfect. So we talked about it and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't really know what he was talking about. So <laughs> once he broke it down, I'm like, so man, you telling me you, you want, I can interview D Rose. He's like, man, that's the, he's like, man, that's nothing. he's like, that's nothing, man. So I said, man, let's do it. So we talked it out, strategized for a few weeks, came up with the name. The bigs is basically a play off of the big leagues. Yes, you know what I'm saying? But the, the biggest thing, like you said, what started this is that black voice was missing, Dave. And, you know, it's hard when you when you growing up, you don't see anybody like you. Then it's hard to think that it's possible. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, with the way that the Internet was taking over and the way that people started to consume their information, man, I, I knew that that there was a way in for us. So, you know, me and Terrence kind of worked out enough and I always got to thank D Rose because he kind of opened the door for us. You know, when we first got on the Bulls beat, um, it was, it might've been his second or last year or the last year, I'm not sure, but they were, uh, they had a shoot around. We came to the shoot around, it was our first time around. So we were just kind of, you know, surveying the scene, figuring out where we where we stood in the, in the, in the place. And, you know, Derek got done talking to the media and he was on his way back to the, to the floor to get us some shots with Fred Hoiberg. So I kind of just, I just went out guerrilla style. I'm like, I said, Derek, he kind of looked. So I went to Beasley. I don't know if you're familiar with Beasley. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So, so Derek Absolutely. went to Beasley, I went to Beasley. We were like that first, we were like the first great Beasley basketball team. So once I, I kind of, I said, man, I went to Beasley and he, he, he did a 360, man. He walked right over to us and everybody started kind of looking like, you know, who are these guys and what? So. I'm like, man, you know, man, I'm Eugene. This is my partner, Terrence. You know, we're the bigs. We're an independent media company, man. Basically, you know, trying to provide a different voice and a different outlet for people like you who kind of get misconstrued and your words get taken out of context and they try to make you look like the bad guy. Well, you can trust us to give your story the right narrative. And he was, before I could even finish, bro, he took my phone out of my hand, put his number in my phone and said, man, bro, whatever y'all need, don't hesitate to hit me at all. Wow. And that was how it really started. And 
our first big interview was Derrick Rose. He, you know, he told us to, you know, if y'all really want to do something good, come out to LA and, you know, we can do whatever. So, you know, me and Terrence, we put our own bread up, did a West Coast trip. We did, uh, I think we did Sacramento and then both LA trip, uh, LA games. It was Kobe's last year. So that was mm -hmm. cool too. And, you know, we got up with D, he, we did about a 10, 12 minute interview and it got like 500,000 views. And the big thing people kept saying about it was, man, we never seen Derek as comfortable in an mm. interview like that. And it was because we were relatable. First of all, obviously we black, but we're from the crib. You know, we had that Beasley connection and he just felt that he could be himself around us. And that really, that's really what springboarded us to where we are today, man. Yeah, and I, I think that's the important thing for me. It's because I've seen people that, you know, have my complexion. I know people who look like me, but I don't know people that are like me. You know what I'm saying? That will talk like me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or have that little flavor like me. And what I love about you guys is you don't hide or try to change that. You don't flip that. It just is what it is. You know, you put it out there. You either like it or you don't kind of thing. And I think that's the one thing that um, Chris and I definitely took hold to. Because that's the one thing we tried to be, just our authentic self. We're very yeah. much serious about that more than anything is we just gonna be us because I, I tell people all the time man you if you're not gonna like me it's not gonna be be because it's somebody you think I am exactly. you know what I'm saying exactly. like, just don't like me for me that's fine I could I can definitely accept that kind of thing but I think that's the one thing you guys um provided uh that was truly missing uh in the sports is not just being black but being yourself and yeah. letting people know yo if you're hell long you know what I'm saying if you talk you know, with a little slang on you, you know what I'm saying? If you dress a certain, yeah. it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? If you know what you're saying and your product is right, it will come across correctly, man. I think you guys do an incredible job of that, bro. Man, I appreciate it, man. And authenticity is 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 A1, man. It's like, I mean, it's just simple, Dave. We we, we hip hop, this, that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we hip hop and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. And like you said, the one thing that's not gonna change is me, me being me, Terrence being Terrence, you being you, Chris being him, you know? Right. And it's, it's important, man, because that lane is there and people appreciate that. Even the people that you don't, that you think may not appreciate it. Mm. They, they, they'll even reach out and let you know, like, man, I, I really, I think what you guys are really doing is cool. Now, whether it's surface level or whether they truly mean it, you know, that's, the, that's neither here nor there, but just, you know, your colleagues and people that you've seen doing this thing for 20 plus years, when they reach out and tell you they love what you're doing and keep doing it, don't change. It's those things that kind of, you know, keep you motivated and keep us moving. But yeah, authenticity is, is, is number one in our book, man. It's not going nowhere. Yeah, it, and that's something you can't teach in school, right? You don't go to school to teach, you know, how to be authentic in street or whatever, how you want to call it, right? It'd be yourself, right? So that's what's missing when I was going, like David and I, no, similar, right? Because we watch TV, watch the news, and we see suit ties and, you know, talking professional, whatever that is. And you're like, there's another voice, right, that can be heard. And, you know, so we, we got together. We, we were going to change who we were. You know what I'm saying? We were going to be our, our authentic voice. And knowing that, knowing that when you are yourself and you're not kind of like putting yourself in a box to how to talk a sort of way, like you mentioned before, D-Rose, right? The people you talk to, they relate to you differently. It's like a whole different world. Okay, that's that's that world over there. But I'm talking to you guys. It's a whole different vibe, a whole different world, a whole different universe that we know about. That I can relate to, and your guard goes down. And I think I think I think it shows when players and athletes, you know, see that they're more comfortable and more being, you know, and keep it more real. You know what I'm saying? They're more genuine when they see that when the guards are down. 
No, hundred percent, hundred percent, man, and 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 you know, being in these, you know, the average is is funny because it's like the average fan, you know, it's all about these these the sport. It's entertainment, you know. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. But when you get inside and you start building with these athletes and you build these relationships with the coaches and the executives and you know building doing the Cubs World Series that 2016 year and being able to hang out with, you know, build with Tom Ricketts. Like, right. you know, it, you know, you, some people may get, feel like they have to be a certain way around. Man, I was even more myself around those guys, <laughs> you know, in that, in that clubhouse where you got Jason Hayward and Addison yeah. Russell and Carl Edwards Jr. People, you know, I'm pretty sure they felt like maybe not outcast, but like, you know, kind of on an island, you know, yeah. like, man, nobody in here kind of relates to me on a personal level. So when I came around and was my authentic self, they immediately gravitated towards me. And, you know, I was able to build those relationships with those guys and be able to tell a different side of them and get more out of them that they probably wouldn't give, you know, to the average media guy. So it's been cool, man, just continuing to learn you know, we still learning on the run. This this is like, uh, you know, it's, it, there was no blueprint, man. There was right, no right. blueprint, you know, so we just taking it and running with it. And even y'all, man, they, you know, man, y'all are plugged in with the Bulls, bro. Like, you don't, people don't understand how big that was. When I saw y'all, you know, when I saw you and Matt, was it last year, a couple years ago? Yeah. In the building? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Y'all know how big that is, man. Like yeah. the, the average person may not understand how big that is just coming from nothing. Like yeah, we don't, man. I don't, I didn't, I didn't go to school. I went to school to play sports, bro. I thought I was going to be a major league baseball player. I didn't go to school for communications. I managed, yeah. I, I majored in business management because I needed a major. I right. thought I was going to be a pro athlete. So I didn't, right. I didn't go to school for communications. I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. So, you know, I'm continuing to learn and help, uh, I'm grateful for Terrence because he did have that that background. Like I said, being a managing editor, working for VON, uh, WGN, all these different things that he did to kind of help me lead me in the right way. But telling me, most importantly, like, bro, you wicked, man, just be yourself. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to lead us, you know, to the promised land. So it's cool, man. I, you know, I, I love to see brothers like y'all and, you know, uh, Cam Smith yeah. and Sean, Sean Davis and all the guys, man, that just kind of. You know, we, uh, my favorite saying, Davis, we all we got, man. We don't stick mm. together, man, and we dead out here, you know? That's real talk, sir. That's real talk right there. Right that's real what you said, because I went for communication, but my thing was I couldn't, I couldn't even see that far of, mm. you know what I mean? Like mm. doing sports the way I wanted to do it. Because I used to, we used to have these conversations with like Chris. I'd be like, man, if I could just wear a hat all day and just put on something to talk sports. <laughs> That'd be the easiest thing in the world, but it didn't exist. You know yep. what I'm saying? And yep. when I would do Bulls Outsiders, I would have those conversations with the bosses and I would tell them, bro, nobody looks like me on this network. You right. know what I mean? Nobody. Like, the cats who might have my hair are millionaires. You know what I mean? I was like, nobody look like me or talk like me or act like I'm one-on-one on here. Yeah. But I don't want to be one-on-one. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. I want more of me on this representation. So... But yeah, man, that's very important, man. Just being yourself. I mean, that's how I was taught by my pops and that's how I was raised with, bro. Like, you gotta be yourself out here and chips will fall where they may after that. But yeah, man, like I, I really appreciate y'all for that. Cause like you said, there's no blueprint. You just went out there and did it. And I kind of want you to, um, if you could speak on that a little more, like just going out there, not having a blueprint or an idea of what to do, 
but just having a goal right. and knowing whatever I have to do to get to that goal, that's what has to be done. So can you talk on that a little bit? Not because most people think you got to have a plan or lay it out, you know what I'm saying, before you have to, you know, take those steps. And it seems like you all just took those steps and learned as you went. Yeah, man, we jump. you know the saying in the hood, we jump right off the porch, man. <laughs> and, and got right to it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the cool thing was, like I said, having Derek, you know, he was the, he was the hood favorite. He was Chicago's son. So having Derek on our side kind of aided and assisting us whenever we needed anything kind of it, it helped me because I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect. I, you know how you know you know how it is, man. You the new guys around, the, you know they looking at you like, man, who are these guys? And then especially yeah. when we come in, you know, like you, you got your hat. Oh, you see how I dress? How we, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. got my hat on, turned yes, to the left or whatever it is, just because yes, that's what. Not trying to. I'm not trying to front. That's just how I do. You yes, know. Sir. So, you know, I'm, I'm immediately thinking, you know, they're going to look at me sideways, kind of try to front me off. And let's let's be clear here. There have been some issues. I'm, You know, we could talk. Matter of fact, I ain't tripping. I'll kick it on here. You know, they hated on us, on the Bulls beat. They, you know, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was KC Johnson. The KC is my man. I, I, I appreciate KC oh, yeah. and I love what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody was saying that the bigs are, you know, not allowed because we, you know, we was gorillas, man. We just did what we did. You know, we didn't need, I don't need y'all to do a Derrick Rose interview. I don't need y'all to do get KD. I've got a relationship with Dane because I have other, we got homies that, you know, we don't need, we don't have to go that route. We got, we can right. go other routes and other ways to get to the destination. So right. when they found out that we didn't need them to get to these athletes, they kind of tried to throw a monkey wrench in our ball game. Wow. But we, you know, you know us, man. We from the hood, man. We didn't seen it all, man. So that was like, if this is the only thing that we got to worry about, man, we good. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So just continuing to maneuver and just do our thing. But like I said, man, having Terrence who had that background. And if I was doing something wrong, I say, hey, man, if I'm doing something wrong or if I need to tighten up or, if, you know, I need to work on something, let me know and hold me accountable. And I'll do the same thing. And, you know, as long as we hold each other accountable and stay again, man, just stand true to us, just stand mm-hmm. true to us. And nothing is perfect, man. We all, you know, you're going to some interviews ain't going to go as well as you wanted them to. Um, you know, as far as writing, like I was a great I was great in English class. I got all A's in English. But, you know, when you get to this level and then you have to write in a way, you know how it is, it's structured writing with the way right. that, I don't want to do that. I don't, right. that's not me. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. How about mm-hmm. that? I'm not doing that. <laughs> so just, just carving out my, just carving out my niche, man. And like I said, Davis, I'm still a work in progress, man. But I know that, um, you know, when people like you and I get these messages from kids and like now we got mentees who, have you know from this you don't know who you're inspiring bro you know it could be one it could be two it could be 10 it could be 100 but just knowing that we inspire kids and inspire upcoming journalists who don't think this is possible just being themselves not have you know we some people don't have the money to go to Columbia and go to Syracuse and all of those schools who can kind of uh streamline you straight into the business Mm -hmm. you know like it's different now the internet then took over uh, people consume that information a, whole, a bunch of different ways, and you just got to connect. The connection is the biggest thing. You connect with the people, you connect with those athletes, man. You can do whatever you want to do out here. That's real. Go ahead. Chris. You know, it's funny. 
Yeah, in front of me, you get pushback, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so especially, you know, you stuck on, uh, you know, the Bulls kind of like doing a wrench and your plans a little bit there. You're like, okay, I'm doing something, doing yeah. something pretty good. Yeah. Some, something pretty right. Yeah. Hey, well, actually, because like, cause like Dave and I, you know, um, you know, it's interesting, like, how we, how, at least, at least, I guess I'll speak for myself, how I saw entertainment industry from afar before I started getting into podcasting. And then, and then you know, of course, uh, through Faye, through Dave's ascension, through his progress, man, he's met some so great athletes. The Bulls athletes now, the, the old Bulls, you know, athletes from back in the day, we share our day's friends now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going for, like, when I started, like, like the way I thought about the NBA and the media and just athletes in general is way different, a little bit slightly different than what I did, what I know, you know, than it, it is now, based on, like, what I know. Yeah. Now just being sort of like doing this, um, doing this little podcast I do. Uh, what's what what's the difference from like uh, how you saw the media coverage and the athletes in general uh, before you started to like now? Like, what's the biggest thing that difference that you that you uh, kind of see? Man, that's a good question. I think one of the one of the biggest things I t- you know I'm uh, so now that we're inside and you get to you have a whole different look and a whole different aspect. Even just like the press conference, like the post-game press conference. If you're looking at it on TV, you think it's this big old production, all these bright lights. and it, But when you get there, it's like seven people sitting there. There's one camera, it's a background, and it's a coach. Yeah. And he's just – they just at the end of the day, they just, just – that's a job, man. They're regular people just like you. That's the biggest thing. It's like people think – even – I go back this far. It's like when we were in grade school, when you were in seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, you thought your teacher was like a superhero, right? Mm, mm. Like teachers were like not regular people. Right. <laughs> but now that you're of age and you got homies that are teachers, and I'm like, boy, you a teacher? <laughs> you know, so it, it's, you know, it's kind of like the same thing, man. It's like they're, they're, they're just entertaining for two and a half hours, man. They got a whole nother 21 and a half hours of life that they live. Just like you, they just make a little more money. They just got the same problems you got, just on a bit on a higher scale, you know. And and that's really it, man. I'm it the it, it's like the music business, man. Once you, because I'm I'm a creative. When I was when I was doing music with my artists, man, I was I was a creative. So I love to get in the studio. Like I so we would go to the, we would spend all this money on studio time, me in the studio all day, all night, all night, all night. So one time, one day I was just like, man, we just spent all this money on this studio time. I can, I could put a studio on my crib for the amount of money that I spent on studio time. So I'm like, you know what? I bought a MacBook. I bought some speakers. I turned my closet into a recordings booth and, and got in the studio. So turn my crib into a studio. So, you know, doing that and, Oh man, it was just being creative, man. It's like when you get on the inside and learn what's really going on, it kind of it kind of kills the create the creative in you. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with this, man. Sometimes, you know, when you know the inner workings of, you know, like I said, people wanting you out, people going to, to any length to, to lie because they don't understand. You know, so just being soured in that way, but having to kind of stick to the script and kind of just having to put your blinders on and not even, not let the outside noise get to you. 
and, and, and just focus in and do you, man. That's the biggest thing. I, I swear with music, man, it was a, it was so eye opening, you know, when you get in that yeah. music business and understand, you know, everything that glitters ain't gold and, you know, the record deals and it's just not what it's, it's just not what it seems to be when it, when you look at it from, from the outside looking in. It's interesting. It's interesting because, like, you know, like, like two aspects, right? You kind of spoke on. You started from a flow, but then you got into, you know, uh, sort of into the industry a little bit. You see, you see the ceiling. And you're like, oh, that's not that high. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can go home and do this. Yeah. Right? And then, and then you see the sausages being made. You go, oh, I got the ingredients in the store. I can, I can make that myself. I can go to Dominic, sell jewels down the street. Yeah. And do my own thing. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, and I like I like the analogy you use as far as like the teachers being superhero because when you're young, you're kind of ignorant, right? You don't know. But then when you know, it's like the side breaks down a little bit. And uh, story, like story, like like even with Dave, like Dave was been doing the um, the outsiders. Had I not known Dave, I would have thought the outsiders were like plants with told stuff to say. I would be a little bit skeptical, you know, about. What I saw going after the post game, but was games. But now that I know Dave, <laughs> no, that's real. <laughs> man, do you know how many people? You know, man, so many people were hitting me up asking me about the Bulls outsiders and who they were and how they got in. And I'm like, bro, be happy that there's some guys out there that's from the ground level, from the soil, that's trying to do their thing and help somebody like you get a voice in this shit instead of worry like worry about your path and how you're going to get there instead of worrying about somebody else and why they're there. Like you said, are they industry plants and all of that? When I saw Dave and I, I had, I met Dave before, but when I saw him and Matt and was it, it was another guy, which I wasn't the three of y'all. Yeah, John, John, and John, exactly. I said, Oh man, these guys are, are ground level like us, man. They got it from the mud. Like, they just happen to be plugged in with the with the ultimate source, man. And that's you know that's what you got to do, man. So, yeah, I would I would get man, I would get an email or a text or at least once a week, man. Who is these bulls out? You know, trying to put us against y'all. It's like, man, y'all yeah. could be doing that. And it's like, hey, man, look, this room for all of us, man. Like everybody can eat, bro. That's the problem with us now. It's like we got to take each other down instead of pulling each other up. And we right. all meet at the top and eat. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, real talk. Damn. So no, you're absolutely right. Cause it was it was literally out of nowhere kind of thing. We was doing this, and my man Fred asked me to come do an audition with him. That's it. You know what I mean? That's that's all it was. You know what I mean? And I didn't even think I did anything good when they called me back, you know what I mean, mm. to do it. But and I'll tell you like this: like when I first did the audition, like it was a it was a wild ass day. Like, you know what I mean? Like I always tell Chris that I'll be like, bro, anytime you know what you want to do or something's right in your life that's kind of when the devil will come in and try to screw it 100%, 100%. up 100 and that's exactly i mean that day is what happened like I, I had an uber black breakdown downtown when i'm on my way there you know what i mean over black you know what i wow. mean i paid extra cash just so i could be there and that's how he broke down you know what i mean and i and i got lost it was a whole thing phone died you know what i mean i wasn't comfortable you know what i mean i had my hair pulled back because i didn't know what they wanted you know what i mean uh -huh. kind of thing uh -huh. you know what i mean uh -huh. and when they called me back the second time I mean, if I told her, I was like, look, I'll tell you what, though. This time, I'm just going in, and if they don't like me, it's just because they don't like me, bro. I promise you that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, where's my hoodie? You know what I'm saying? Where's my shorts? Let me go in here and talk this shit. You know what I mean? And do it yeah. like that. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it again after I did it the second time. I Honestly, I didn't, it didn't cross my mind until they called me and told me I had it. That's you word. I, mean? I didn't even think about it like that. But but yeah, man, that's just, I'm, I'm with very stressed 
we stress that, man, like being just who you are and getting it from the mud and on the grind. You know what I'm saying? That's all Chris and I really know. You know what I'm saying? It's that grind. And that's what we, because when we started this, and Chris would tell you, like, I was very adamant about just going at a turtle pace. I was like, bro, let's just take our time, take a turtle pace on this. And that's how we'll grow it. You know what I mean? Like, let's not run a hundred yard dash, man. Let's run marathon. You know what I mean? Let's do it like that. Yeah. And that's how I feel like we still kind of do it like that. So when I see you guys, that's exactly, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on it, but that's how I see it. Like you guys take a real like turtle pace to it and you go in and you try to get the respect. You know what I'm saying? you like, you want the respect and then everything else kind of comes with that. You know what I mean? When you do it. hundred percent, man. It's uh, okay. like, we're not trying to push out super, con- you know, super content just for the sake of pushing out content it's like how do we how do we stand out we we are number we're different already so that's a given yeah so now it's about as now as far as the content what can we do different that no one else is doing like we don't want to do you know what you're going to get from because it's only nbc sports espn abc (laughs) you know you got the news stations, you got the outlets. Now you got the athlete, you know, now the athletic is big. You got those guys kind of cornering that market, but it's like, they all have specific niches. What is not there? And this is just us in general, man. Just us, our authentic, genuine selves, bro. That's it. The content, how we talk, the, the information, all of that is going to come out naturally, man. There is no script to this. There is no script, man. There is no script. So yeah, you're right, man. We just we we take it. We we stay at our own pace. We, you know, it's like uh, we like Fred Van Fleet or or somebody like that. You're not gonna mm. Luca. You're not gonna mm. speed me up. I'm gonna get money regardless. You're not gonna speed me up. I know my game. I know how to be effective. And it's just about continuing to 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 master your lane, man. And I, I think that's what we're doing. I think that's what you guys are doing. My guy Jay Golf, you know Jason Golf, oh, yeah. leading the way for us, man. Yeah, so yeah. guys like that who show you, man, you can just be yourself, keep it moving, and let the chips fall where they may, man. Word. All right, let me ask before I get into the Bulls. I wanted to ask you about your baseball career because that that always intrigued me. Like, what drew you to baseball? Like, what was it about baseball? You were like, yo, this is gonna be my sport. This is what I'm going to play. Well, man, you know, c- growing up in the 80s, man, that's Little League Baseball was it, man. That was like yeah. the first, other than other than like day camp, you know, during the summer when we were out of school for them months, day camp, ba- Little League Baseball was it. That's where we, you, 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 you got your first friends. That's where you learned how to share. I, I was the only child. I didn't have no brothers and sisters. So Word. that was the first time I learned how to be a share and, 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 you know, just the competition and Saturday afternoons, just going to the park and playing a morning game and then sitting around the park, eating hot dogs and playing in the park all day. But I was, I mean, I was good. Word. You know, I was really good to be, I'm, you know, I'm, I told <laughs> To be real. <laughs> I was, I was really good. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of, yeah, got recruited, you know, they, well, that's how yeah. they do. So I, you know, Mount Carmel told me, you know, they wanted me, I was going to go to Simeon, you know, it was Simeon and Harlem back then. They were the two uh, major schools on baseball in the, in the nineties, but I went to Mount Carmel, uh, ended up being the only black guy on the baseball team over there. It was cool mm-hmm. because, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb, but I was also the best player on the team too. Yeah. So I did my thing there. I was a pitcher 
I was all conference both years, did all of that. Mm. Ended up going to Southern and Baton Rouge. Mm. Um, you know, played down there for two years. I redshirted my freshman year. You know, Chicago, man, we kind of got to, as, as, as youngins, man, we, you know, we think we big shit better than we are, thinking everything is going to be sweet. I got down there and it was a rude awakening. You know, mm. those guys get to play baseball all year round while, you know, it's really only one, two seasons up here in, in Chicago. So we really only get to play baseball from, in good weather from May to August. You know what I'm saying? So I got down there. Luckily, though, uh, my Hall of Fame coach, uh, Roger Cador, down at Southern University, he was just, mm-hmm. uh, he was just, um, they just gave him a Hall of Fame now. But, you know, he kind of set me on a straight path, man, and told me, you know, hey, son, you know, if you keep going down this path, man, you're going you gonna to end up wasting your mama's uh, time and you're going to end up behind bars somewhere. And I wasn't, I didn't think I was really on that path, Dave, but it, it it definitely set me straight because I'm like, well, man, what am I doing down here? I'm not, you know, I'm not playing because, you know, I thought they were showing favoritism to the guys in Baton Rouge and the, to the Southern guys. But in, in reality, I wasn't putting in the work. Those guys were putting in the extra work. I just thought that I was better than them because I was from Chicago and, you know, that was just my aura. But it was a rude awakening, but it was it was the best thing for me. So coach kind of got me on the straight and narrow. Um, did another year down there. We ended up going to the uh, College World Series. So that was a cool experience. Um, then I came home, man, and, you know, went to Chicago State, was on the baseball team there. We got our ass kicked by University of Nebraska one weekend, bro. It was so bad. They said like five D1 records that probably still stand to this day. Hey, that's when I knew, like, ah, my baseball <laughs> career is over. Man. Let me let me find out what's what's next up for me in life. But man, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything, man. I love baseball. Like I said, it it was my first piece of competition. It was where I first got my first batch of friends. Just learned how to be selfless and and, and yeah, it, it, baseball is the world to me, man. I you know we all love basketball. Basketball is the popular thing, but. Yeah, in the hood, everybody looked at me like I got the pass. You know, in the hood, you get that pass, the game bankers and yeah, the hustlers yeah, and everybody like, no, nah, G, let him, he's cool. He that's our baseball, that's our ticket. And then yeah. they'll tell me, now if you if we see you out here, we see you getting in this, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to worry about us. So right. it was cool, man. Baseball served me well, man. So I'm just trying to keep it moving again in that arena, man. I'll be the only outside of Russ Dorsey. I'm the only yeah, black yeah. person in the press box, man. Anytime I go out of town to these, I'm the only, I said, I'm the only nigga in the press box, man. Mm, mm, you know? mm. Only so, meatball in the rice, as my pops said. Say it again, man. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Yo, and that's wild because you it's like you made it, though, to the majors in another kind of way. You feel yeah, me? And, and that's what I try to tell people, Dave. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm not trying to crush your dreams. We all got dreams. I want you to dream big. I want you to think that you can be a major league ball player, NBA player, NFL player. But the reality is most of us are not going to be that. But you know what? If you want to stick around the game you love, there are so many other avenues to get there. It's the guys behind the cameras are the guys that that's who you want to be. You don't want to be the guy in front of the camera. You don't want to have to not be able to go to the mall or be able to be out in public without somebody hampering you or wanting to autograph or somebody wants something out your pockets or yeah. you know you want to be the guy behind the camera or with the microphone or 
or in the press box or at the radio station or at the TV station, man. There's so many other jobs in these sports, man. So I think that's important to tell these kids too and be real with them. Like that you, I'm not trying to be a dream crusher, but if you want to look at the numbers, you know, hold what, you know, people love to live by the Jay-Z line. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's just look at the statistics and look at the amount of people who make it versus the ones who don't, you know, so. Mm. I think that's important too, man. Let me let me ask you this before we get into. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I, I was gonna go on a, on a nostalgia trip. I was gonna I'm gonna ask you like, what did you play? What did you play little league? I played a Southside Little League at Cole Park, 85th and King Drive. Man, Ooh, we just we no. just could not beat Jackie Robinson West, bro. Not many could. <laughs> hey, we hey we beat JRW one time, and I play we played. I think our first tournament against Jackie Robinson West, I was 10 mm-hmm. and we played them all the way till I was 17 and we beat them mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. Once. That hurts, man. Yeah, it, it hurts me to this, it hurts me to this day. When I <laughs> hey, when I talk to Ed Howard, I tell him every day, man, I love you, brother, but I kind of hate you, man, because you, you still <laughs> got that Jackie Robinson West stamp, man. So we we still enemies, we still enemies under the radar, man. Right. <laughs> Yo. Hey, before we get to um this Bulls, I always ask this question to anybody who's played. We always ask this one question because we always want to know. We're very intrigued by this. But tell us your greatest game that you played on any level. I'm talking, it could be when you're 10, high school, college, whatever. What's the best game that you ever had? Baseball or basketball or what? Baseball. Give me baseball and then give me basketball. You mean me personally? You personally, you, your best game, yeah, the best game you that had. One game you had. That one game where you was just the greatest player on earth. It was your game. Man, I will say we played and we were going to the, it was the senior, not senior, junior league. So I think it was the ages with 14 and 15. So it was little league was 10 to 12. Uh, junior league was 13, I think whatever the other league was 14, 15, and then senior league was 16, 17. So our 14, 15 year, mm-hmm. um, we were playing in a regional in Effingham, Illinois okay. to go to the section, I think, which was in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I struck out 16 of 18 batters in Effingham, Ooh. no hitter. And yeah, I got the I got the ball in here somewhere right now. But I struck out sixteen or eighteen batters to send us to the sectional. And uh, no, it was actually to go to the regional final. We ended up losing in the regional final before we got to Tulsa. But yeah, I struck out sixteen of the eighteen batters and uh, got a. It was a no hitter, man. But I also I did my thing in Mount Carmel, man. I would get one hitters, two hitters, no hitters. I I was. I was that dude on the mound, man. I had a nice fastball, had a decent curveball, had a real good changeup. So it was hard to see me them two years in Mount Carmel, man. I heard that. And what about basketball? What was what was your greatest game hooping? Man, bro, I so uh, for those that don't know, man, uh, we had the number one team in the state my senior year at Mount Carmel. I played with uh, Antoine Walker and Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Uh, a a could be hall of fame uh nba player and a six-time pro bowl uh quarterback and then we also had another guy willie jones he was our center and he actually went to loyola marymount so we had three d1 
Syracuse, University of Kentucky, and Loyola Marymount on our, you know, in our starting rotation. But man, man we we had some real good games. Me personally, man, I was like, I was the I was the last option. I was like the the high IQ guy. I was the glue guy. Mm-hmm. I was the shooter. So you know, Twan averaged thirty. McNabb averaged like twenty three. Willie averaged like seventeen. So I was really the guy that just made the open shots, played great defense, um, had the IQ, kept everybody together. So I didn't really have any too too big of an offensive game. I may have averaged six points maybe, but just going around that year, every time we went somewhere, it was like sold out because they, you know, Antoine was the number two player in the nation. Yeah. So it was like a sold out crowd playing in front of like 15,000 people. Do you, Big Dave, how old are you? How old are you, man? 42. Oh, so. You remember Felipe Lopez? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so having, you know, we played we played in the tournament in St. Louis, man. It was the top 10 players in the nation. So it was Jahidi White, uh, Ooh, Antoine, Jahide Felipe White. Lopez. Wow. So we played against Miles Simon. Remember Miles Simon? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Remember yeah, Miles Simon? Yeah. Arizona. Mm-hmm. He played at Modern yes, Day. Sir. Modern Day was like the and this was probably my favorite moment uh in my high school career. We played Modern Day at the St. Louis Blues Arena. It's like 15,000 people there. It was like the top eight or 10 players in the nation. And like I said, we played modern day. And man, it was, uh, we were down one point, bro, with like 15 seconds left. Mm. And all we had to do, McNabb had the ball at the top of the key. He held it, held it, held it. He made eye contact with our center. You know, he was a quarterback. So he, he fired this pass into him. I got, I sent it just, he couldn't, he just, he, the ball went right through his hands, out of bounds. All he had to do was catch the ball, go up, dunk it. It would have been like five seconds left. They'd have had to hurry, you know, get off probably a, a half court shot. We win. Now we ranked in the nation, but we end up ball going out of bounds. We fouled my assignment. He went down, hit both free throws. We had to throw up a three quarter court shot, end up losing the game. But just that experience alone, playing in front of 15,000 people, the bright lights, yeah. You know, it, it looks it looks different on TV until you get put in that until you get put in that atmosphere and that mm-hmm. element, man. And mm-hmm. so you see the Bulls and you see these guys doing it on this extremely high level every night. Yeah, you got to get those guys the ultimate respect, man, because it is not sweet out there at all, like at all. You know, <laughs> it's not one bit, not one drop, not Straight one piece. <laughs> All right, man. Um, let's talk. Since we talked about just mentioned the Bulls, let's get into them. Let's talk about these Chicago Bulls, man. Uh, 45 and 32, <laughs> fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, started out really hot in the first half of the season. Um, then the second half of the season, they dealt with injuries and elite teams. Uh, because those those kind of went hand in hand, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what for you, Gene, was the biggest surprise for these Bulls this season? Because Chris and I like. I think I had them at a six seed coming in. Like, I thought that's what it would be. I, I never really kind of wavered from that, even when they were going on their, you know, run. But what for you, though, had, was the biggest surprise or has been the biggest surprise about this team so far? I mean, I'm with you, Dave. I definitely was saying somewhere around six. I was just saying they would probably be right around where the Knicks and the Hawks were last year. Like, they mm-hmm. should be right around that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they – I mean, I, to be honest, they overachieved. I wouldn't say they necessarily skipped a step, but they definitely overachieved. But back to your point, it's like when you run into these elite teams that they've run into, and this last week is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the teams who have been there before and the teams that know what it takes to make a championship run, 
they don't play in the first half of the season. They're just ramping up. They're just getting everything together. The last, I would say, 20 games, that's when those teams start ramping up and they get ready to make those playoff runs. So I feel like the Bulls and even Bulls fans, and it's not, you know, the fans are fans. They, they're going to be fans. They're going to be fanned out. But you got to kind of take your fan hat off at some point. You got to look at the reality. And they just overachieved, man. It was, it was an exciting season. I'm glad to see the UC is back rocking. You know, I'm Lamar DeRozan came in. I think what, what he did, I think I wouldn't necessarily say he's had an MVP season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's done a, a fantastic job. Let's not get that twist. Right. MVP right. is a whole nother is a whole nother ball game we're talking about. Agreed. But I think what he has done has come in and shown Zach Levine what it takes to be a leader. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, DeRozan has those years and he has that experience under his belt. But I think that's what Zach Levine is missing. And Demar has come in. I, and so I'm going to tell you something that I saw a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if it was just me looking too deep into it, but I'm in the building and I can read these guys and I know I, how it goes. And it was one of those nights Bulls came up. Was it, it wasn't Memphis. I don't, I can't remember who it was against, but the way Zach Levine left the building and the look on his face, it kind of gave me the man, I'm not really happy with being the second option here. Cause this was my team before DeMar got here. But at the same time, well, you haven't shown that you're that leader. You're not the guy that, that can rally the troops like DeMar. Now, I'm not saying DeMar has done it vocally, but he's done it. He's led by example with his play. Right, right. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is like, Zach, no, it's about, you know, at when the season started, Zach was looking like eh, he might be super max. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And now that he's kind of taking a step back, I know his knee, and that's another thing, the knee injury, man. Zach got a lot of miles on that 25, 26-year-old body, man. People, you know, let's keep it real. So, you know, now that he's kind of taking a step back, he's had to miss a couple games, and, you know, the scoring output isn't as high and is not as efficient as it was. Hmm. You know, I don't know, man. People asked me last week, would I take AD for Zach? I'm like, man, if I was the Bulls, I would say, hey, man, we got 175 for you. Take it or leave it. <laughs> if I'm Zach, I leave it. And I say, trade me. And now, now we find out how do we get AD from the Lakers. Yeah. Zach, you can go to L.A. You can be close to the crib. AD, you can come on to the crib. We can get you healthy for real because you've been for out real. there tripping. You've been Same. out there tweaking. And that's how we can make it happen. I, I like Zach. I think, obviously, Zach is one of the most talented guys in the league. He's as athletic as they come. But I think his, he's still lacking in IQ. He still takes a bunch of shots. The, he ta- he's Thank has you. the most difficult shots taken in the league. I look at Bradley Beal. I look at Devin Booker. I look at guys who make tough shots around the league. They make them because they have to make them. They don't make them because they think it's the cool thing to do. And I think that's where Zach Levine loses me. And I think that's what's going to come back to haunt us down the stretch when you need those buckets, when you need guys to really lock in. I think that's what's going to hold the Bulls back in the long run. Man, you are in my head, man. You are in. <laughs> well, you said a lot of great stuff. So a lot to pick on that. But the last part you mentioned about Zach Levine, I text like every game. I don't know about two days. Like, why does Zach Levine feel set to fade away every time they shoot the damn ball? Like, bro, like, we, we watch basketball. We watch the Wade. We watch the great two yards, right? Bill, Wade, Ray Allen, Jordan, Kobe Bryant. You know what they look when they shoot a jump shot? 
They look boring. You know why? Because they know boring works. That Levine kind of feels <laughs> like feels like he has to like look pretty, you know, because he's so good. He feels like I can just fade away shooting a three point shot. I'm like, bro, Ray Allen doesn't fade away shooting three point shots. You know why? He's one of the best three point shooters in the league because he doesn't fade away shooting a three point shot. Be boring. It's almost like he feels like he has to fade away and look cool, you know, and, and take these crazy shots. Like, no, DeMar shoots the same foul shots every game. Yeah. You know, be 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 born, be a tactician. Jordan, I mean, sometimes it was like it was so. You know, Jordan, Joe, we all know Jordan, Jordan, but he would take the same shots every game, right? They left, yeah. they right, punch, they, and then the finger roll, thirty-five it. points, yeah. go home, fifty percent for the field, mm-hmm. right? Zach feels like he hasn't learned, or maybe he's learning now. Seeing seeing tomorrow, be mm-hmm. boring on the court. Find the five spots on the court where you'll get your shots every game, and shoot those shots. Yes, it's not fading away. Yes, it's not going to make the highlights, but you're going to score more efficiently doing that, and, and you're going to, you know, be more consistent in doing that. Because yeah. it just annoys me when I see him. The other day, just take a fadeaway shot, a fadeaway three. Like, who takes fadeaway threes? You're <laughs> the best catch and shoot, self shot shooter in the NBA. When you catch and shoot, I have no doubts going into that. Catch and shoot, like, that's money. But the moment I feel dribble, the fadeaway for no reason, I'm like, bro, let's go straight up and shoot the shot. You ain't got to be all that fadeaway because you can't be consistent doing that. So I think it's also what, what Gene was saying, though, like a lot of this, he, he's learning this year for the first time. Like, yeah, I remember he ain't used to winning either. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. All them years, he, he's not used to winning. He's used to, like Gene said, that's why he got all them miles on him. It's because he was the only one on the team having to do every single thing. Yeah. And so him learning, you know, when to take the shot. Hell, he's just learning how to draw fouls. You know what I'm saying? This year, man. Yeah. Really, he, he's just learning that. And that's all DeMar him learning how to take fouls and draw fouls. And now he's top five in the league in free throw attempts now. You know what I'm saying? Since the all-star break, he's like hmm. double digits all the time. You know what I mean? And he's learning these things and watching his IQ, you know, get better. You know what I mean? Or try to or get to that kind of level. Because, you know, Gene, Chris, you've seen him turn that ball over so many times. Like, it's easy to rip Zach up. You know what I mean? Like, to get that from him, oh they just do that to him. They fake at him. And, and then he's discombobulated he's thrown off you know and that turnover happens and it goes like that for him i've seen i haven't seen it as much because he's not asked to do as much so the ball isn't his in his hands you know what i'm saying like that all the time but all this stuff you're right chris but all this stuff he's like learning like having to fade away is because he was being triple team (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that's why he was taking them fade away threes because he was used to having all dudes on him all the time it's weird for him to you know be open like I like him as a spot-up shooter you know what I mean I, I think he's great doing the spot-up shooting I think he likes doing it it's it's comfortable it looks boring when he's spot-up shooting but it goes in all the time that baseline when that he hit hell that one he hit and uh who are they just playing uh when they finally decided to break, break the trap and actually figured out how to beat the trap the Clippers? yes uh not the Clippers the, the game before no, no, the game. No, no. I was talking about um Whoever the previous game before the uh the Clippers were when they were on the road, the, the Wizards. That's what the Wizards, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're watching that in the fourth quarter and you're watching them figure out finally how to break the trap. And what is what does uh Vooch do? Boom, Zach in the corner, spotted up, hits the huge three, no fadeaways, no nothing, just straight up, elbow nice, elbow tucked in tight, ball up, cash money. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying, man. But I think a lot of that is, is he's got to unlearn. You know what I'm saying? Some of these things out here. You know what I'm saying? And I like to see yeah. him be a he gotta be a better playmaker, man. At the end of the day, you gotta be able to make plays for your team. And I think that's 
even with DeMar, when, when he got to San Antonio, I think that's what Pop put most, you know, he's like, hey, man, I think the next part of your game to elevate your game is being able to be a playmaker, get your assist up from his assists. He damn near doubled his assist. Like he was yeah. out, he was at damn, damn near seven assists in San Antonio. And I think that's helped him come to Chicago. It's like, yeah, he's going to be the, you know, the main option on the, on the scoring end. But when the game is on the line and like, you know how it goes, y'all know how it goes in these playoffs, man. The game slows down. It becomes a half-court game. They're going to take a lot of that stuff away. Now you're going to have to be able to make plays for your team. And I think DeMar, he's he's able to do that. But I think you need another guy to be able to do that as well. And that's where Zach comes in, man. He's he's. I've seen him uh, get a little bit better this year. Like you said, Dave, I feel like the biggest thing is him not having to do as much and not having the ball in his hands as much. So now he's kind of having to figure out, okay, now that I don't have the ball as much, how can I still be effective, you know, for myself and for my team? And it's about making the plays, man. It's just it's just about making a simple extra pass or yeah. getting in the drawing two and kicking. Like that's where Zach excels, and that's when he becomes a max player. You know, yeah, right now, really. like you said, I agree with you. I think he's still learning on the fly, but it's eight years in, man. I, you know, some guys take longer than others, but eight years, man, you know. Hey, what they say, Z, study long, yeah. study wrong, man. Hey, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> Some point it got to kick in. Um, but let me ask you, let me ask you about Vooch, because he's definitely being a hot topic of conversation among Bulls Nation. There's there's no in-between on him. You know what I mean? Like either you rocking with him or you're not. Uh yeah. when it comes to Vooch, I definitely and Chris also, we we definitely rocking with Vooch. We see where he um is is important on his team and what he brings, and those kind of tools that he has, you just can't find. You know what True. I'm saying, like that in the NBA. But True. what's been your 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 opinion of Vooch, man? And do you feel like it's kind of coming around for him now? Like he's kind of finding out where his role is on this team. Yeah, I do. I think last year, you know, he came, he had a little bit of half of a season. That was kind of just him getting his feet wet in Chicago, getting out of Orlando, figuring out what his next move was going to be. But now that Demar's here, now that Zach is here, and they, you know, Zoe and Caruso, Io, all the guys, it's pretty much set. I feel like Vooch was just trying to find his way. He was the number one option in Orlando. He was putting up double-doubles every year. Now, I mean, he's still doing the, putting up double-doubles here, but he's just doing it in a different facet. But I also, again, I always wonder why the game – hey, man, I'm old school, bro. You start the game down low. You start the game – you go – you play inside out. It's You'll never go wrong playing the game inside out. And I think if they start the game going to Vooch, it opened like the other night against the Clippers, even though they had them, you know, they got down to the wire and they went to OT. But you saw how the game started going to Vucci scored the first eight and it started yeah. to open the floor up. Now DeMar can get though. He can get to the lane more. He ain't got to hit the ground as much. Zach can get those open looks. Everybody else can get those lanes to penetrate. But I feel like his skill set is high. He, he he's got a great post game. I love the, I love the lefty hooks. I love the free throw line extended jumpers. I wish he wouldn't take as many threes, but he knocks them down. He's pretty efficient with the three ball. I the only my only knock on Vooch is he's just too nice of a guy. Hmm. He's just hmm. too nice of a guy. I need my big man to be a dog. Hmm. I need him to be Jokic. I need him not, you know, but those guys are dogs in their own right. Joel, you know, uh Jokic. I'm, I know I'm missing a couple guys, but I just want to see more of a dog in Vooch. And I just, I mean, that's just, maybe that's just not who he is. Like, and that's cool too. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to hurt us down the road. But 
even the, the team in general, like even with the with, with Caruso, man, when when he went down on the Grayson Allen move in, in Milwaukee, it's like, where's the dog? Who's gonna come up and be that dog? I I know Demar's from Compton. I know he was with the Bloods, and you know the Bloods coming up. <laughs> I know he came up through the hood, but I didn't expect him to be that guy. But right. when I'm looking at Javante, or I'm looking at, well, I don't know who else after Javante Green. I'm not sure who the dog is on the team. And I feel like that's another thing that we're missing is that dog mentality, man. Like when the going gets tough, I feel like Io is one of them guys. He's from, you know, Morgan Park, right. from the crib. So I think he's that one of those guys, but he's too young. He's still figuring out, you know, he's still figuring it out. But right. with those vets, I need, I need, we need some dogs and some of those vets, man. And I'm just not sure we got that, man. And, mm. You know, Giannis, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Monster. Oh, yes. KD. Yes. Now, 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 now we're talking about MVP caliber guys when we're talking about Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, KD, and these dogs I'm talking about. But, hey, man, I didn't make the rules. You yeah. know what I'm, Draymond. <laughs> hey, yep. Do you know? You got need, to have them. We got to have it, man. So hopefully, yeah. you know, that doesn't come back to bite us, you know, when these playoffs start. And hopefully, man, we can get in without having to do that play-in stuff. Cause, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, that. that's – yeah, and it's funny, Mister Boots, because I couldn't feel, I couldn't find out the word to the word to uh, describe what's missing from Boots. I, 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 I think for me, the word is edge. There's no mm-hmm. edge to his game. Yep, yep. You know, that's the game. But to go back with the Bulls, man, I was wondering. You know, like I don't think anybody, anyone else, anyone of us here did think they were going to, they weren't going to make the playoffs. I just had them not in the play-in tournament. Right. So I, I was wondering, when you think about like if, if the Bulls hadn't start, hadn't got off to such a hot start, hot start, but finished well with the same record, would we feel any differently about the season? Ooh. Again, going back to that hot start, I feel like the Bucks coming off of the championship. You got the Warriors, you know, kind of ramping up, trying to get Clay back. You got Phoenix. You know, they felt like they could have won it last year, so they coming back amped up. You got the Lakers with AD and LeBron feeling like, you know, this could be their last run, you know, as the Lake show. You got KD, well, it started with KD, James, and, and, and Kyrie, you know, ready to make that 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 championship run. Uh, who else is it in the East? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, Miami. Miami, you know, yeah. You got them, you know, thinking that they are uh, – uh, a possible championship team. So those teams, like I said, man, those teams at the beginning of the season, they're just trying to get it together, man. They're not really worried about being in first place or where they're going to finish because they know that they're going to finish in those top six spots. They know they're going to be playoff teams. It's about when the when it's time to ramp up and when it's time to make sure we're hitting on all cylinders, which is maybe a, a couple weeks ago till now until the playoffs start. That's when those teams are getting ready to make that run. As far as the Bulls, like you said, they had to get off to that hot start because they didn't want to fall any lower than they possibly could. Because now, like you said, if they hadn't started high, who knows what, man, they could be right outside of the play-in tournament right now. And none of those first, none of those first round matchups are going to be sweet. No. Anywhere, anywhere. (laughs) Zero. And I think, go ahead, Chris, I'm sorry. Well, I I was going to mention that. I'm looking at the records. It's only four yeah. games difference between the Bulls and Miami. Yeah. Now, granted, they're ramping up. Of course, the Bucs are playing. They got Giannis. They, whatever, switch, turns, right? <laughs> Miami switch, playoff switch will be turned on. 
But the disparity between the teams is just not a lot. It's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Go ahead. So Dave. the heat, the heat, the heat are in first. Forty-nine That's wins. The Bulls got yeah. forty-five. So That's the Bulls it. are four, game, four games are back fit. with five to play. Yep, four games back, five to play. Yep. So who we got? We got Miami tonight. You got the Bucks on uh, Monday. Monday. I mean Tuesday. You got the Bucks Tuesday. on Tuesday. Okay. You got the uh, Celtics on Thursday, or is it Thursday or Wednesday? I can't remember. But the Celtics are next. I know that for sure. And then you got the Hornets. Yeah, the Celtics on Wednesday. So that's a back to back. Bucks, Celtics, back to back. Home. And then uh, both home. Yes. Okay. And then you got the Hornets at home. Okay. On on Friday, and then you're at Minnesota to finish the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fun, yeah. but yeah, but I think y'all are right. Like the, the importance of getting off to that hot start was huge, bro. Like seriously. So, it was so awesome. who who is is to is Toronto is Toronto six? They got Toronto like the same record, six. right? Yeah, we're tied. Bulls hold the tiebreaker against Toronto and Cleveland, and Cleveland is seventh, and the Bulls are up three games, I believe, on Cleveland. So right now you guys, so it's either four, five, or six. Yeah, and yep. actually, if the Bulls win with any of these next games, if the Bulls win and Cleveland loses, the Bulls are in in the top six, no matter what. Okay, because they they hold that tiebreaker. So no matter okay. what, a Bulls win, a Cleveland loss. One Bulls win, one Cleveland loss. We're in six. In. Okay, you're in six. Like okay. yeah, you're done. They're in there. So okay, yeah, but Toronto's the only team. Like I don't care. I'm at a point where I don't care about the seating anymore. You know what I mean? Like I just I want to go. Really to the doesn't matter. It really, it really doesn't don't matter, matter, bro. Yeah, I ain't been there seven I years. Guess. You know what I'm saying? Like they hope, and these guys need to feel what that feels like. I think that's right. so important because right. nobody knows what it feels like. Like outside of Demar, Caruso, Tristan, and Billy Donovan, nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? What it feels like. Everybody's used to not playing important games this late in the season. They're used to making vacation plans. You know what I'm saying? Just those, just those three guys, man. That's it, bro. Like nobody else. Who else? Like nobody else is used to. Oh, it, you know? oh, oh, oh. did Derrick Jones do some playoff runs? Don't Derrick Jones Jr. Was he? I mean, he might have been on the squad. But you know what I mean? He was, you know, I'm talking about the dudes who was instrumental. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like the instrumental hey, cats. Man, you know what I mean? He's, he's wonderful on the bench, man. Sharing the team along. I ain't, no, I ain't saying that as a diss to him. I'm not saying that. As I'm a not playing at all. You know what I'm saying? But you know, Caruso was you know heavily involved, and Tristan is heavily yeah. involved, and Demar yeah. was heavily involved. Yeah. I need Zach. You know what I'm saying to feel that. You know what I mean? Even Vooch, like he's just you know been first round kind of barely kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I need I need Lonzo if he comes to feel that. You know what I'm saying? I need these guys to feel that and get that under their belts, man. Like, so that's why this season for me was important. Like they was breaking losing streak curses. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like winning four games in a row finally for Zach. Right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing had to happen for me first before. Cause like you, you said it earlier, Gene, like you can't really skip that step in the process. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very rare to go from worst to first. You know what I'm saying? It's rare. I'm not saying it don't happen. We've seen it, right. but it's rare. But usually guys have to take those steps in a process, man. And I think these are just the steps the Bulls have to kind of take. Yeah, I don't think it, it wasn't sustainable. I mean, it was a great run to kick it off, but we all, anybody in their right mind knew that that wasn't sustainable, man. So even with DeMar running off them nine straight 30 balls, shooting 50% from the field, that was great. That was outstanding, yeah, but we knew it, it wasn't was. sustainable. Correct. Like he was running on fumes after a minute. Like yes, I know it was. it was cryotherapy, ice baths, treatment, 
you know, for that guy to be able to continue to put up numbers at a high clip like that and continue to lead the team, man, it was like, yeah. at some point, somebody else is going to have to step up, take some of that off of his plate and, you know, get him ready. He Remember, he took a game off. He took, he took maybe one or two games off, but he said, hey, man, I really can't do that. That's just, I'm from this Kobe Bean Bryant school of hoop. I don't, yeah. We don't do that. You yeah. know, so the fact that he's still... Like the other night, he put up that 50 ball. It was like, mm. that was, you know, it was amazing. But it's like, ah, oh, man, we kind of, you know, eh, we need you to be cool, man. We need you to, we need you to, you know, we need, but we know, we know what they plan for. You know, we, they're trying to get, finish the season on a, on a high note. Who knows, you know, where Zoe is. I heard the other night, uh, Billy said that he was finally, you know, ramping up, getting ready to get back to it. I told people two months ago, man, let's just act like Zoe ain't coming back. You know, that's, mm. it is what it is. I know, you know, Zoe is, uh, he's crucial to, to the defensive side of the ball, being able to, you know, get up into the, with Zoe and Caruso, being able to get into those guards up top, mm. you know, it kind of gives Vooch, because at a certain point, man, the guards, you know, when they saw DeMar, I mean, he was getting the 30 pack, but he was giving, he was giving it right back on, the, they were going at DeMar, they, they go at yeah. Zach, the teams were scoring 115 on us with no problem. Like it was yeah. a it was 115 with no issues. And that showed you just how much Zoe and Caruso meant to the defensive side of the ball. So I mean, hopefully Zoe can come back, but it's like at this point, what you gonna do? Throw him right in the fire again when it, when it's all on the line? That's all you can yes. do. <laughs> That's all you can so, do. I, so, but I hear you. I hear you. So so besides Zoe being missing from the playoffs, um, not being there, like and besides you know, the experience we talked about, like what's one aspect that that that, we, that you're worried about in the playoffs for the Bulls? Like what's one part of the game that you're worried about that's really going to, that you feel that's really going to like, you know, bite them in the butt? Just the half-court defense, man. Mm-hmm. Running that pick, that high pick and roll, you know, being able to attack Vooch, him not being able to, you know, guard that, you know, the, the biggest, the thing I'd hate about the NBA is that drop coverage on the pick and roll. You know, nobody, I've seen Gary Payton Jr., I've seen Draymond Green, and I've seen, I saw somebody the other night actually fight through the screen and roll at the top because they they don't even really, at this point, they don't even really set the screen and roll. They just go up there and run it. Nobody really rubs this, you know, they don't rub the pick and there's no contact. They just, it's just an automatic switch. And then this the point guard on the big man, one-on-one drive and kick for the three. So for me, it's like, again, I'm an 80s, 90s school of basketball. Fight through the pick. Do something, man. Don't just allow your big man, who you know damn sure cannot guard that pick and roll, get abused and abused and abused. And then, I mean, Tristan Thompson, I wasn't a huge fan of that signing, man. I mean, we know he's, you know, he was crucial in the Cleveland days. He did play a, a, a a nice role in Cleveland, but this ain't Cleveland. This ain't LeBron, man. Like Cle- Tristan Thompson is not changing the game for the, he's not uh, the deciding factor in a win and a loss for the Bulls. At the end of the day, his ass is going to be on the bench in the crunch and Vooch is going to be out there. So Billy's going to have to find a way. I don't know if he's going to have to play Derrick Jones Jr. more. I don't know what type of rotation he's going to have to make when the game is on the line that gets close down the stretch, but that high pick and roll and you know, that point guard just having a field day at the top of the key is what's going to hurt the Bulls. Then when you got, you know, guys like Jason Tatum and, you know, guys six, eight and six, nine 
who can go to work like that too, man, it could get real ugly for the Bulls, man. So I just want to see Billy kind of, uh, you know, come up with a better defensive scheme. And, you know, the guys, they got to buy into it, man. At the end of the day, defense is all about heart. It's all about determination. You don't need no skills to lock in and play D. It's about those guys being willing, and it's about the game plan, man. So this is when I want to see Billy earn his money, man. That's real. I, I think um, the the adjustment I, I saw Billy do in that Clippers game, that we'll probably see going forward as far as dealing with that pick and roll and that screen roll at the top, is putting Patrick Williams at the five. There you go. Um, I think that's the move that they're going to run with because um, Billy loves four guard lineups. Like he always has, even in OKC, he, he loves those small ball lineups. And Patrick Williams is a great fit for that uh, kind of thing in the fourth quarter. And to do it in the fourth quarter in money time says a lot too about Patrick. And that's um, that kind of what I wanted to ask you about was, was Patrick Williams, uh, your feelings on him, uh, because we haven't seen a lot from him. And so I guess we, we kind of base a lot of things on potential right. right now and what it can be for him. But what do you see uh, in Patrick Williams that gives you maybe hope for his career in the future, but also gives you a little pause on you saying some things he needs to work on? Man, I, I mean, I, he's another guy. He's he's highly skilled, you know. But he's such a young guy. Like, and he, I know he was the number four pick. At some point, we want him to start acting like a number four pick. I don't want to have to continue to hear him tell us that. Billy and the coaches and the guys have to keep telling him to be assertive and be more aggressive. It's like, bro, they're telling you, you got the green light. Now that don't mean put up 20 shots a game, but it's be aggressive, bro. When you, the, when he dunked, uh, when, who did he put through the rim? Zubak or, or? Zubak Shakur, baby. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> even that, even that, I mean, it was a great move, but it was soft. Like man, bam, bang on him, man. Yeah. Bang on him. And again, Dave, maybe that's just not who he is. The kind of the thing that kind of I wouldn't say rub me the wrong way, but it had my antennas up was draft day. Mm. And he was talking about being the flower delivery guy. <laughs> and, uh, I said, oh, come, come on, on, G. Let him live. G. I know, I know. Live, hey, Dave, I took I took a step back. I took a step back. I took I took my player hating shades off. I said, man, now nah, I'm going too far, man. But I like Pat. Mom's had mom's own the shop. Oh, I work for mom dudes. But no, I'm, you know, but I You ain't I the only like, one that said that to me, G. Don't worry about it. You ain't the only one. I'm being serious. So I said, oh, the flower boy. <laughs> but but look, but I do think Pat is skilled. I do I, I do like his upside. I'm worried about the injury side, though. It's like he's had two injuries his first two years, and that's not something that bodes well for me. Yeah. For a guy who's supposed to be in our future for years to come. So, you know, I, I agree with you, though. I like to see Billy kind of throw him in the fire because he brings a skill set that's needed in this day. Like you said, when when the Nets go KD at the five, it's like, well, who's really going to guard KD on yeah. the Bulls? It's going to have to be Pat. So it's like I, I like the adjustment. I like him throwing uh, throwing Pat in there. And uh, but I would just I want to see him be more aggressive offensively, man. I don't want to see him just standing in the corner waiting on that corner three. It's like, no, you're more than that, bro. You got yeah. you can put it on the floor. You can go upstairs. you got a mid range floater. You can yeah. shoot the three ball. You can you can make plays. You can pass it. You can see over the defense. He's got every last. He said this guy was Kawhi, right? Yeah, he did. Kawhi got every last one of those skills. Now, obviously, 
Kawhi's an MVP and a finals MVP and all these other things. But it's like if those are your aspirations and if that's the guy you want to mimic your game after, then you got to start acting like it at some point. So I just want to see him be more aggressive. He, you know, and he's still a young guy. The other night uh, he was on the, on the post game call. He kind of, Gave out some information that wasn't yeah. really. Did you, you talk? Did you see I that? I saw it. I saw like, it. Oh, what yeah. he said about he, him he, being about him uh, being missing, being late for shoot around. Yeah, yeah, being late and he got fined for being late for shoot. Well, around. he didn't get fined. What? He said he did. He he said he did get fined. Yeah, he said he did. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, just that's just not information that you offer up. Nobody really asked him about that. He was just like, yeah, man, I was. I kind of let the guys down this morning. I was late for shoot around, you know. No, and some somebody, cause somebody asked. Oh, cause then Demar, Demar was next. <laughs> yeah, Demar. <laughs> and they were so somebody asked Demar like, well, man, uh, you know, when Patrick shows up late to shoot around, do you guys kind of get on his back or do you kind of let him oh. live or how does that happen? And Demar was like, huh? Right. He's like, how did y'all know that? And he was right. like, somebody was like, man, he told us. He's like, he told y'all that? Right. right. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, did you hear him? Did you hear him? Dave? I did. Like, oh, I shit. Did. Hell no. He's like, oh, yeah. hell no. I got I to gotta talk to him, man. You don't, yep. you don't get that information up. And it's that. It's that. Yeah. It's like, maybe he's just naive. And again, yeah. that's going back to my flower boy situation, man. Okay. That's fair. Okay. okay. We'll, oh, that's we'll, fair. we'll be happy instead of the crack okay. Would that be, would that be better? <laughs> <laughs> or is there another dude, happy medium in that dude no hey. but he's right that's that's exactly how it went man like he he just volunteered it out of nowhere yeah. he just yeah, threw man. it out there man and then he they would ask him why was he late he was like just, you know just talking up to being 20 yeah you know i'm saying and stuff like that and i'm like you gotta on, chill bro, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, you cool, gotta chill, i want man. i want like from school bro i want like you know i i well, there's one thing I, there's two things. There are a couple of things I worry about in the playoffs for the Bulls. Uh, one is ball handling. Um, especially how being a rookie and everything. I don't worry about ball handling and exactly dribbling the ball off his foot with these double teams because it's playoff atmosphere. <laughs> so, ball, speaking of ball handling, though, Pat can't handle the ball. He can't do that. I understand he did it in the summer league, yeah. but it's something he can do, and I think he gets him engaged in the game. Now, of course, since he's been back, he doesn't bring the ball up the court. I think this is a. I think this is a part of his game that Billy is sleeping on. I think he should have him bring the ball up the court in these last couple of games, whatever. Or maybe a game, maybe they have a couple of games lead little Cleveland, and maybe the win, you know, win or lose doesn't matter. But I think they need his ball handling skills in the playoffs that time. I think he cannot go through the playoffs and play and not bring the ball up the court because I think it just totally changes the whole look of the offense. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I asked Billy about that last year. I said, mm. man, Patrick Williams is a highly skilled guy. How do you feel about, you know, having him as that being that kind of that point forward, take like Scotty, you know, back to the Scotty Pippen type of type of days. And he was like, man, we're going to implement that into the system a little bit more because of how skilled Patrick is. But again, with him not availability is your best ability. And with him not being there, I mean, <clears throat> you kind of, kind of, it's, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily too late now to, to kind of implement that when, you know, the, the, the scouting report is going to be that much more detailed. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be taking a lot of those strengths away from some of those guys. So, I mean, 
Maybe it is. Maybe they maybe that would be something that the, they're not looking for on the scouting report. And if you make Pat, you know, an initiator of the offense and kind of take DeMar and Zach off the ball and give them more room to roam and get to their spots, I think that could help the Bulls a little bit more offensively. So you got a point there, Chris. Mm. So the there. And, and he can do it. I mean, he didn't have to, like – he, he just bring the ball to the court and run some different action. You totally throw a wrench. Because right now, I think the Bulls don't have any wrenches to throw out there in offense. Mm. I mean, back there. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 Maybe I they play good time. I haven't liked the way the Bulls – I don't like the way they play at all. It's, just, mm. it's Zach or DeMar every time down the court. They Sometimes they forget Vooch is on the court, mm. you know. Uh, you know, Io can only do so much. He's had, a, he's had a really good rookie season, but he can only do so much. Caruso – that's, you know, he can get some buckets here and there. He can handle the ball. He's a right. decent ball handler, but yeah. I don't really want the pill in his hands. No. Zach, I definitely don't want the pill in his hands. No. He, Zach don't even really have no handle, to be honest with you. No. Like, I think DeMar may have the best handle on the squad right now. And that's just because he's got those years. He knows how to get to his spots without pounding, pounding, pounding the ball. But without Zoe, we're definitely missing that ball handling, I think, Chris, and now I'm I'm rocking with you even more on that Patrick Williams thing. I feel like he's a a, a valid ball handler. Like you don't necessarily have to have all the tricks. You just you just need to be able to bring the ball up the court, initiate the offense, get those right. guys in their spots, and then run the offense that way. But yeah, man, that that's a that's a very valid point that those guys do not have a monkey wrench to throw when these playoffs start. So team's gonna be locked in, man. It's like Demar. Yeah. That's cool. What you did in the regular season, that's cool. But that shit ain't going in the playoffs, man. Next. Just take him out the game. Just take him out the game. We'll just take him out the game. Now what? Yeah, you got to have a monkey wrench, man. He's right. Like, dead on. Like, because when I think of that stuff, I think, you know, throwing Scotty on magic kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to have that monkey wrench out there. It has to be available to you. Yeah. Um. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, you touched on, was Io. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion on him because if it's anybody that's, you know, been close up and watched his career, uh, it's been you. You know what I'm saying? You and Terrence have definitely watched him since Morgan Park and his growth uh, here. Uh, I guess I want to know, does it surprise you seeing what he's done so far in this league? Because a lot of people have been tremendously surprised, not just by his game, mm -hmm. but more so by his mental, you know what I'm saying, and, and how mm -hmm. he approaches the game. It's very veteran, veteran men like, you know what I mean? How he approaches it. And it just, for me, it just feels like Chicago, you know what I'm exactly, saying? But, exactly. but, but a lot of people are just like, wow, you know, he seems wise beyond his years kind of thing out there. But I just kind of wanted you to speak on that, uh, seeing as you've seen him, you know, kind of grow to the man he's growing into now. Man, I'm not surprised at all, to be honest with you, Dave. Uh, I think more, more, more of it has to do with exact from the people on the outside looking in that weren't really familiar with Io. I think it's just him being a second round pick, you know, mm -hmm. but getting the opportunity is like wherever. I feel like this was the perfect opportunity for him. Had he gone to, you know, one of those, if, had he been a lottery pick and he went to, you know, maybe not Detroit or, you know, but one of those teams where he, there was no immediate use for him. Mm. Who knows what his his uptick would have been? But now that the Bulls needed him, and he came right in, Billy said from the start, the first two days of camp, he knew that Io would be a valuable asset to the team right away. It was just about finding how to 
put him in the right situation to go forward. But with Zoe going down, with Caruso going down, with all of those injuries and him, the, the need for him, I'm not surprised at him stepping right in and doing what he's done. I mean, just the, the simple fact of him going back to Illinois for that, that year, knowing that, okay, my, we fell short. I fell short of personal goals. We fell short of team goals. Yeah, I could have gone to the league, but let me come back to school. Let me try to one up and let's try to win a championship for Illinois, but let me hone my skills and let me lock in more and get better at what I need to be going forward. Because I mean, right now, offensively, he's done a good job of being, you know, being able to play both guard spots. Now he's not putting up 20 a game like most shooting guards will do, but he's able to just play that role. He's able to guard the other team's best perimeter uh, player. He's able to, his, his point guard skills are A1. Like I think people get that twisted when they see him being able to get into the lane, making those no look passes, making those mm. precision bounce passes. The floater, I think obviously he has to work on his catch, catch and shoot three, but that's just he was the he was the he was the uh he was the number one option at Illinois. So he always had the ball in his hands. So learning how to play. And I think the biggest thing that he's done has latched on to DeMar DeRozan, somebody who's taken him under his wing. And DeMar said, man, he's always asking questions. He's always there after practice. You know, he always wants to know more. He always wants to learn more. He always wants to do more. And that says a lot about a rookie. You know, a lot of those guys come in and they think they know it all. And, you know, now they start to get paid and they got these girls. They get these little endorsement deals. They start to get, uh, um, uh, what do they call him? Uh, what was my boy, Denzel? Denzel was my guy, man, but. He was oh, yeah, he was tripping, man. Him <laughs> he and Cam, was uh, come on, uh, stylus. You know, they oh, get okay. stylus. Okay. It's okay. like, boy, learn, get some post moves and, and get a get a jump shot before you get a stylus, man. So the fact that Io hasn't let any of those things outweigh his number one job at hand, and that's being the best player that he can be for his club. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised at all. And just being able to get the uh the respect and and being Billy having the, you know, just the gall to throw him in there and 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 feel like he's not losing anything. You know, that's big getting the respect from the coaches and also the guys as a rookie, man. I think that's huge. And Io has done a, a, an outstanding job. So I'm not surprised at all, man. That's what's up. Uh final question, man. Bulls get to the playoffs. What you expect? First round exit. Boom. There it is. We on the same page. <laughs> and that's what uh, it is. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I think they could get by the first round. Who against who, 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 who they gonna play? I think that's the key. Like, but I think what he's saying, like, don't matter. matter. <laughs> like who it plays. Like he's like first well, round. Put it they, Miami they win no title. Philly. So if they're four if they're five or six, Boston. They'll end up playing who? Either Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, or uh, Miami, Philly, or Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, or Boston. Miami, Philly, one of them four teams. That's they, who they play. You know what's funny? They ain't beat none of them guys in the first round, man. <laughs> it's one of them teams. Man. I man, who, I, who, I, who I have a little be? more hope against Boston, but uh. Well, with Robert Williams out, I mean, that was a huge blow to them. I feel That's like a big blow. You no, know, he was on the he way. He may come back, right? 
Yeah, he was on the way to being the defensive player of the year candidate, but yeah. you know that was he that that allowed Marcus Smart and those guards to be able to get up in those guys up top, knowing that they had him back there. Now that he ain't back there, that's that's a good one, man. But I feel like Jalen Brown uh, and, and Jason Tatum, that one too. That's if I if I had to take my one two, I'm taking Jalen and Jason Tatum over Demar and Zach. The rest of the guys, mm. uh, you could throw them in the air, but if I got to my two stars, I'm going with those two stars over our two. Even if Zach was healthy, you would do that? If Zach was fully healthy, I'm taking J- a fully healthy Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over DeMar DeRozan Ooh. and Zach. Mm. I don't, okay. I, I would. Okay. I can see that, though. I mean, that's... Man. Yeah. I can, I, I, in, yeah I, I can see it, A locked-in Jason Tatum. Not the Jason Tatum that'll give you 41 night and then give you 13 the next night. I'm talking about <laughs> this last month and a half, Jason Tatum, who, if he was playing this way all season, he'd be in the top three MVP candidates. I'm that guy, I'm taking him to lead my, you know, I'm taking him to lead over DeMar to lead. I'm taking, I'm taking I'm him over anybody, but the next person I'm taking is Zach. Mm. I don't know, okay. I can see that. And it's funny because I'd probably take DeMar out of that because okay. because of the reason you just stated, like if Tatum had done that all year, right, but right, DeMar, right, right. DeMar right. literally been doing it all year. That's you know true. That's true. He's been on point this entire season. So yeah, I can't disagard that. Um, I wish yeah, the best man. of the guys, man. I, sure. I, I, I know you do. You yeah, know, bro. you know, no, no disrespect to the guys, man. It's Zero. been a fun season. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what they've done. I like what AK and, and Mark have done. Yeah. You know, but again, now it's time. Now it's time for Billy to earn his money. I feel like that's a lot. That's gonna have a lot to do with it too, man. The the players, but this is when coaches earn their money, man. Correct. And if they want to advance past the first round, Billy's gonna definitely have to step his game up too. Yeah, yeah. If I, I, if I that. see if I see him at the playoff game, talking about we need to, we need to get the ball to Vushmore, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap him silly <laughs> to my screen because I'm like, dude, you're the coach. You're the coach for like all year. So that's the players, what to do? That's your job. Playoff time, don't want to hear that. (laughs) We've been joined by Gene McIntosh from the Bigs Media. Follow him on Twitter at Stay Humble and follow the Bigs on Twitter also at It's the Bigs. Man, Gene, anything else uh, you want to drop on the people? Let them know what you guys got coming up. I know the baseball season's right around the corner for you guys, man. Yeah, baseball season starts April 7th, man. You catch me on the Cubs beat, catch Terrence on the White Sox beat. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America, so I, I'm All not right. sure if this is my first year getting a Hall of Fame vote or not. Oh, you get a vote? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, I got a uh, – I voted – I had National League Manager of the Year. I had NL Rookie of the Year. I had a awesome. couple votes. But, okay. yeah, so, you know, that and, you know, we uh we just started our non-for-profit organization, the It's Us Foundation, where we, mm. you know, taking kids that – you know, don't think it's possible. They don't see anybody looking like them out here, but they want to do it. So uh, we started that last week with the McDonald's All-American game. So that was cool. Just having some kids under our wing, man. Excited, you know, showing them a different way that, man, you don't have to take the conventional route, man. We, we, we non-conventional, man, and it's possible. So that, uh, we just partnered with BetMGM. Uh, sports betting app. So, man, I'll send y'all the link for that. If you if you guys are in the sports betting, man, I've been hitting lately, Dave. I know you probably <laughs> been seeing my tweets. <laughs> I've been hitting. Been on it. Been on it. 
So yeah, we got that. Just man, just a lot, man. Just trying to keep it moving, man. We don't we don't have the luxury to be able to sit around on our hands and collect checks from these like these uh these most of these other guys. So we got to continue to find ways to, you know, keep this thing moving, man. A lot of you know y'all know how it goes, man. A lot of upstarts, man. They come around for a couple years and then they gone after a couple they years. But yeah, it's seven years for us, man. And I feel like we we just getting started. We got so much more to offer. And again, man, it's up to the bigs, it's up to ball sports, it's up to all of us, man, to keep this thing moving for the next generation of, of, of the leaders, man. So like I said, man, I'm a phone call away for you guys. Whatever I can do to help, don't hesitate to reach out. I hope I can do the same with y'all. Absolutely. And let's continue to lift each other up, man. We all we got out here. Absolutely, man. Man, thank you for coming on, brother. This is, this is an honor for me. It's an honor for Chris, bro. Have you on and chopping it up with us like this, man. We'll definitely do it again on and off this air. We'll definitely do it again for sure. Um, you can check us out, ballsports.com. Check out all our shows. We'll be there. Uh, we're on any platform that you listen to podcasts. If you got podcasts on your microwaves, we, <laughs> we, we're there too. We on that too. Um, fo- follow us on Twitter at ballsports. Follow Chris on Twitter at ballsports1. And follow us on Instagram at Ball Sports, Chris. Yeah, man. Uh, as usual, man. We appreciate the support from our fans and and listener base. Um, always hit up the uh, website at ballsports.com, b-a-w-l-sports.com. Um, podcast is on the website. And uh, yeah, man. They that's pretty much that's it, man. Um, oh, dude. Row, okay. you, Go get that merch, get that ball merch, oh, yeah. get you that ball hoodie, fresh, you know, get oh, you I some bigs in. media, get you Where your bigs media merch, you know, Where's oh, the right on. Where's oh, the right the ballsports.com slash store. It's right okay. there. I need get you one. The links are also on that Twitter profile, so just get the yeah. Twitter profile or ballsports.com. You know, and we, we drop special edition ones uh, all the time for, for Black History Month. We had a Black History uh, ball hoodie only available for that. Okay. Um, We'll probably bring that back. You know what I'm saying? I'm quiet as kept. We'll, we'll let y'all know. We, we might bring that one back for y'all. But yeah, go get you one of those, man. They're, they're available. People enjoy them. They're, they're dope. They're soft. They're comfortable. So make sure you get that. And also hit the Bigs website, man. Pick up some of their merch that is there and available for everybody right now for sure. Absolutely. Get you a Scully like I'm going to do. <laughs> like, Dude, those girls look nice, man. Those yeah, girls look sweet yeah. The merch game, man. We gotta continue to, you know, put it out, man. The people they gonna grab it, man. You know, we yeah. the love is there, man. We just gotta keep uh, serving our people that serving our people that I, I don't wanna call it dope, but hey man, that's what it is. Serve our people that dope, man. The good dope though. <laughs> the good one, right, right. right. The positive, yes, the positive dope. Hear that Patrick Williams? <laughs> serve the good dope, Patrick Williams. Don't serve uh, the good <laughs> yeah. My bad, Pat, man. My bad, Pat. Let him live, Pat, Pat. Pat, I, Pat, I know you're going to hear Moses, this, man. man. Pat, I know you're going to hear this, man. My bad, brother. I got nothing but love. <laughs> hey, Pat, pluck them roses, brother. <laughs> Get your dandelions, all that, brother. Do your thing, my man. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. On behalf of our guy, Gene, on behalf of my man, Chris, a.k.a. C-Dub, I am Big Dave. Thank y'all for checking us out. Y'all be good. Be blessed. We out. Peace. Love.